0: Oh, what's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today I'm sitting with Frank Huang. He is the CMO at Sene, which is a real estate brokerage up in the New England area. But we get into it, man. Frank, he came over and became CMO right in the midst of COVID. And he had worked primarily in DTC brands like with Sperry and Timberland. Not Timberland, the producer, Timberland, the clothing. I messed that up, but we'll, you know, we'll keep it going. No, Frank, but it was awesome to hear, you know, when he came in and right away. He realized there was a business problem that needed to be solved, which we get into in the show. And he rolled up his sleeves, him and his team, and they put together a plan and they really got after it to just really move their marketing and align it with the business goals of the company. So very interesting conversation. Um, I enjoyed this a lot. But before we get into that, as always, this show is brought to you by us. And who are we? Well, we're Cave Social. Cave Social is a company that helps brands grow Through using social media. So if you're feeling stuck on social media, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, book a free consultation, we'd love to help you out. All right, without further ado, let's get into this episode. mm, 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 Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I am welcoming Frank Wang to the show. Frank, how you doing? Good. How's everything? I am doing well, man. I, I can't complain. I'm excited to have you on. So you are the CMO at Sine, which is a you know a brokerage, real estate brokerage up in the New England area. But walk me through your history because it's you've definitely been in a couple different industries. Walk me through your history and your backstory, kind of leading you to this point as uh, the CMO at Sine.
1: Cool. So I promise this won't be a super long exhaustive story but for me it always really starts and when people ask this it starts for me kind of back in undergrad so it's been a long time ago but i won't go too deep long and short i graduated from undergrad with a uh, biology and environmental studies degree so very focused on the sciences but quickly didn't want to go down that road it really wasn't the roads that were shown to me at that time were really around uh, you know again lab work maybe med school stuff like that which is all great but not really where my passions lied so i sort of um many folk ended up in a major city with some friends in an apartment looking for a job so i was in boston and didn't know what i want to do so at the time this is late 90s early 2000s basically jumped in and started working for a couple different startups you know these places where you're like employee 15 or you know employee five and through that kind of learned that i uh, had an aptitude and interest in marketing so worked for like i said a tech startup Worked, watched that go from like hey we were like 20, 30 people. to like 500, and then it all imploded. Then, you know, did that similar thing with a biotech, and then um, decided to go on the nonprofit side for a little bit in technology, working with kids in the Boston area. Uh, ultimately, realized. I was probably better served to go back to school and actually focus on something i was passionate and interested in so got a scholarship went back got my mba at boston college focused on marketing and then from there kind of launched in onto the agency side where i started you know primarily focused on a lot of again back in the day where i guess well, I direct mail is still useful now but where direct mail and hyper targeted emailing which i guess we still do now were really um critically important and it was tied to heavy data segmentation and so we were working with clients like home depot Lowe's, Ford Motor Company, and others around targeted life moments, you know, things like when you move. When you have a baby, uh, you know, when you get a new car, stuff like that, and then what those triggers and what they mean, and how we can uh, market to you. And so that company was a smaller company bought out by Pitney Bowes, um, and then I sort of, uh, you know, that was going great. But you know, kind of was looking around, and then was recruited to uh, to Digitas, which is a you know pretty, I think, well known major online uh, agency, and was uh, working with them as an account exec for um, Procter and Gamble, specifically around Gillette. And so got a chance to work with, you know, no surprise to most folks, probably listening Procter & Gamble has, you know, again, very consumer focused, very brand focused and lots of strong media budgets when you're targeting consumers around different products. So was there when Gillette was diversifying. So, you know, you get fun things like body wash and shampoo, but also core products and learned a lot about razors. But it was also the time where uh, just to set time and place, social media was really kind of coming in at a forefront. So you. Had, for example, Facebook was expanding beyond dot edu's. MySpace and Friendster were still around and things were just starting to pop from an advertising. So good time to be in online digital marketing. was there for a spell and then opportunity came up to move to a small boutique consulting firm. So kind of decided to go from, you know, giant mega agency to really small shop. Worked with a lot of um, clients that were more, I'd say, finance and investment focused, funny enough. So, uh, you know, people like Bank of America, State Street Bank. So it was a very different type of role, but really where I came in was to kind of help from, you know, a digital and social side for them. Uh, so that was all kind of going well and good. Uh, then an opportunity came up, always like these happened to do from a friend, texted somebody else and mentioned my name. And then I have an opportunity to move uh, to Connecticut outside of New York City to help run the global marketing and North America marketing for Cannondale bicycles. So the brand at the time had been purchased by a larger, actually, um, you probably would know, Canadian publicly, treated, publicly traded company called Durrell. You probably have heard of them. They consolidated a bunch of different bike companies into one office. Cannondale was the pinnacle brand of the portfolio. Uh, you know, when I say pinnacle, we're talking about uh, road and like sort of leisure and mountain bikes that. Uh, cost more than most people's cars. So we're talking anything from, you know, $600 to the low end to about $20,000 on the high end. So a lot of uh, kind of working with them to help revitalize the brand, bring them forward from a digital e-commerce perspective, as well as just from a overall brand marketing perspective. And then as things happen, you have a kid, then you have another kid. And my wife's in the Boston area and wanted to be closer to home opportunity came to go work for to go work for timberland so worked in timberland and brand management uh, you know first on the men's side then focused on growth areas around women's kids and their premium luxury boot product and apparel and then as the need sort of rose morphed that into social media content marketing and then paid media and pr so kind of was around a lot of the channels around activation of channels strategy there some fun stuff happened there and then fast forward decided to kind of do that similar type of role with a smaller challenger brand with sperry so sperry is pretty much known for boat shoes they do a whole other diversity of products they're also like timberland owned by a large publicly traded um, brand portfolio company Uh, and that was going fine working with them helping them relaunch their brand and then again back to that a friend asks a friend conversation, there was a role helping run the marketing for a professional cycling team, uh, which is a little bit of a weird kind of connection point, but you think of brand plus working in the bike industry for EF Education first. EF Education first is a private company, they're global, but they've really focused on their tenants are travel and education. And without going too deep into what they do, they had purchased a professional cycling team instead of doing a traditional
0: sponsorship model
1: and needed someone to help sort of integrate that with their businesses across the world. So was doing that for a spell, COVID hit and everything was okay. But as you can imagine, the nexus of travel, education and live sport uh, hit a bit of a speed bump and we did some really fun stuff to kind of stay ahead of it and stay relevant. But ultimately it was a good time for me to pop my head up and look around as I was, again, not expecting to go into real estate, candidly, but this intriguing opportunity came up to work with a, you know, a firm that was sort of moving from, I'd say, a smaller firm. Not a startup, but smaller firm into nascent firm into a more, you know, challenger sort of uh, more stable, I guess, uh, role, you know, in the industry. But also had a very diverse set of products and services and challenges that they're trying to overcome. And so met with them. They're private. The founder, owner, CEO, uh, Billy Sney, great guy. And you know, we clicked. You know, and sort of the rest is history, so to speak.
0: Talk me through, like, you know, you have vast experience in the obviously in that. that. Agency side of things, and then in the DTC side, and you know, working with these massive brands, right? When you're doing something for Gillette, through the Timberland, through Sperry, like you're looking at things that are either American or North America-wide campaigns, or sometimes global campaigns. And now you've got to, one, you take that experience, but two, now you've got to boil that down to real estate, which is super, you know, it's hyper-localized and starting to really shift. That it. okay, it's a brand, but you serve you know, only within in the New England area. Was there anything that you took from working with those global brands that you're like, oh, this way of thinking, you know, how Timberland approaches you know, North America wide launches, we can deploy that in a local way? Or was there anything that you've taken from those previous experiences that had aha moments with working with a local brand? Uh,
1: Yeah, so definitely um, still a learning process. I will not say I am a real estate expert by any means, aside from working here and then in marketing, and then also being someone who's, you know, bought a sold bought and sold homes a couple times from a you know personal perspective a lot of people have helped me along the way which is great and i'm still learning as i go but yes there's definitely a lot that can be applied from that sort of those external outside experiences and brought inward i think one of the things jordan just to kind of keep in mind is when we think of you know this type of marketplace and i can i can talk a little bit more about Sine, but from that just like a basic understanding of let's say a residential home you know i know one of your you know your other guests clued in on this this is oftentimes someone's most important and single biggest purchase they've they'll make, like in their lifetime, and it's very emotional, and it's very important, and it and it's very scary at times, and um, at the same time, it's something that if you add it up from a business perspective, whether you're you know a small agent, let's say where I live in New Hampshire, or a big time you know sort of corporate monolith of a company, uh, real estate adds up. And so if you look at it, you know, kind of one thing that really crystallized it for me, you know, as I started this is it's like, okay, like we're a little bit we're more local at your point, hyperlocal. We're a bit more geographically. You know, it's New England. It's not North America. It's not global. You know, it's it's definitely different. But at the same time, the dollars and cents that we're talking about are on par. You know, if you add up, you know, again, just broad strokes, if you add up the work being done and the revenues that are being brought in you know from the homes that are being sold in this one side of our business not including the other aspects of our business it's comparable to let's say a small the revenue that's generated by a small to medium sized let's say consumer brand so that's kind of where that was a big moment for me coming in to sort of look at things and yet like yes it should deserve the same attention and approach and you know we're not a massive shop we're about 90 people strong so we don't need to be you know there doesn't need to be tons of red tape and crazy, massive approval processes and all these other things. Of course, we have a process and, you know, there's the legal aspects of things, but, you know, we we can be nimble, which is also, you know, intriguing to be nimble and flexible and be able to take either tried and true methods from the past and test and learn, or, to um, iterate on different ideas and see if they stick, right? So I think the biggest thing though, coming out of the other you know, the other place I've been, these larger campaigns working with, you know, massive, let's say media budgets or whatever, you know, it still comes down to stuff that you've heard from probably all of your guests, right? It's around strong, sound strategy built in, you know, from consumer insights, and whether it's hypo-local or global, you know, can, you can be very targeted and, you know, you have your sort of hypothesis and, you know, you wanna put some of your budget or some of your energy or resources towards that. Hypothesis, and then you know, and you want to do a few of those, and then invest in the ones that work, and drop the ones that don't work, right, and learn from them. I think 100%. that's kind of still the like the tried and true principles, you know, smaller, big,
0: hundred percent. And and now moving away from principles a little bit, and more to people, right? You come into Sine. And Mm. you have this outside perspective and now you're bringing in and you're going to help, you know, launch new initiatives, reinvigorate the brand in certain areas, and, and then also take what people are doing well before and, you know, continue and double down on that. How was that coming into, a, you know, a new company in the middle of COVID and starting to, you know, push buttons that maybe people didn't, and I don't mean like make people angry, but just, you know, you start it's to come okay. in and, yeah, but you know, you come in and you start to say, hey, we're going to try some new things. We're going to do things differently than they were done before. How was that experience and, you know, probably doing a lot of it via remote video call. Yeah, coming in and kind of setting the intention and setting the direction for the brand. Um, how was that?
1: It's been a journey and we're still on it, which is great. I mean, high level, everyone that I work with is awesome and they're experts in their field. And I think part of my job coming in, and I think what helps is, you know, my job is really a lot of it and the team I work with is to sort of illuminate and, you know, and, you know, put people... And sometimes it's uncomfortable for them, but put them on the pedestal and give them kind of the props that they deserve. Like great work is being done, you know, and sometimes, you know, I remind people we're asking these questions because we want to help them and help solve their business challenge. I think you're right, like with COVID, everything else, it's totally, you know, we're all going through it. A lot of it's remote, you know, brainstorming, strategic meetings, day to day, it's all challenging, right? We're all there. We've all seen the memes and everything with Zoom. But I think what really helped me first off was coming in, there was a clear need. And, you know, Billy, my boss, the founder, president, CEO, He very much articulated that the investment in marketing and the need for this type of role and what we're doing and how we're looking at things is how the company is gonna grow. Like they've sort of hit this point where they continue to grow and you know, and it's growing great. But if you wanna really kinda take it to the next level, this is some of the work that needs to be done. And so there's been massive support for that. I think honestly for me, you try to like I gave you the spiel on my story, but for me I've never been one to Really be like, oh, you know, back when I was at that company, this is how we did things. You know, I think the, that tends to sometimes rub people the wrong way. So a lot of it also was in the first month identifying, honestly, when I came in, it was late July. And as you're probably, you know, aware, but uh, for the listeners too, September 1 is a massive turnover time for rentals in the Boston marketplace, like probably every major city. The unique, not, well, maybe unique for Boston is the rental market is hot for September 1, and it's massively driven by incoming students, right? So you think about it, it's July, the clock is ticking. We have a large number of rentals that we need to renew or lease. September 1 is coming, we're in COVID. A lot of the universities are not going back full time in person. So what really helped, I think, also, and you know, I guess I can gut check with my colleagues, is identifying that this was a priority and then making ensuring we had a plan against it. And really, I hate to say like roll up this classic cliche, but roll up the sleeves, work with my team build out a plan, do some targeted media, support that business need, and really try to like help them close the deals to take that, you know, literally there's a whiteboard with like, I think like 80 different properties up. And it's like, how do we get that down to zero by September 1st? Hopefully it was the kind of thing that shows, okay, it's not just, I think the fear might have been, hey, someone coming in from, again, the outside larger corporation is like, oh, we're going to need an agency for this or that, which is definitely time and place. But right off the bat was like, hey, here's, let's set a course of action based on what we're seeing and help close a business need.
0: You know, it's huge, right? And like you said, roll up the sleeves, but it honestly means so much when people come in and they walk the talk. And right away, when you get in the trenches with your team and say like, here's our business problem what do we need to do? Not, Hey, I have some new fancy logos, right? Like, and that's Mm -hmm. this part of marketing that I'm always like fascinated by is when people come in and like, what can we do at a tactical level? Like this, you know, for lack of a better term, like hand to hand combat to like, Mm -hmm. get these things moved and get them rented and like, and it's not effort, right? Everyone puts in effort. I think I like to believe that companies put in effort, but it's really focused effort and Mm -hmm. taking that to like here's our top priority you know in your case for september one we have to get this done and then once you do that then you get the vote of confidence on the other things right now it's like okay we're in a slow period q1 is pretty slow in real estate at least across this country and you're like okay now we can start to look at like how what's our recruiting message what's our messaging for the upcoming you know selling Mm -hmm. season in, in q2 q3 so i love that man i love that idea of like coming in and taking the identity of like okay I'm going to be a learner. I'm going to learn what the business problem is. And then I'm going to just get the team together and get, get classic, put it on the whiteboard. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be a big deck and, and then just start to tackle them, you know, one by one. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think at the same time, it's always been an interesting thing. If It's like, right? Tackling what's in the present, but then looking out to the future. I mean, like I think I highlighted you, it's like, you're right. Q1, we're starting to tackle some of those foundational pillars that we want to add to kind of like take us to the next level.
0: We had a guy on who's an old Navy officer or petty officer in the Navy. And he said, he's like, they teach you to always be looking five feet in front of you and 50 feet in front of you at the same time. Hmm. And I love that saying, I was like, oh, and a lot of times those like Navy things, you know, they can ring true in other assets or facets of life. And he was like, yeah, you know, I think about that in business always. Like, what am I have to? What do I have to do right now? But also, like, where are we heading? And kind of mm-hmm. in balancing those two perspectives, I think, is so important. Totally, cool, man. Well, I'm happy you came on today. Before I let you go, let people know where they can learn more about Sine and then also connect with you online. Our website, is
1: Co, like super simple, S E N N E. dot Co. And then Instagram is probably the fastest place to catch us is uh, same thing, S-C-N-A, S-C-N-N-E underscore C-O. Me, it's sort of funny. Most of my channels all tie back to call me old school. But, uh, you know, we all had Hotmail accounts. We all had AOL Instant Messenger. So my old uh, AOL Instant Messenger slash Hotmail account name, username kind of carries through in pretty much all of my channels. So it's a riff off of my middle name is Hoon, uh, which is Korean. And I'm a one of my big passions is snowboarding, so it's snowboarder hoon, but the vowels are taken out. <laughs> so again, back to like that old school name. So that's kind of how uh, I mean I can get it to you for the notes, um, but that's kind of how you can track me.
0: I love it. I love it. I don't think my old hotmail of Lil Jordan three hundred three would hold up today, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like. It. I like. It. <laughs> but no, we will definitely we'll put that in the show notes. Frank, thanks so much for coming on today, man. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, hit like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff at the bottom of the episode, and I'll catch you next time.